0: You're listening to the Creekside Church Message Podcast. We hope you enjoy this message from Pastor George Willis titled, Don't Go to Church. For more information, please visit our website at www.creekside.org. Well, good morning. Welcome to Creekside Church where we are narrow, narrowly focused in our devotion to God, but yet broad in our acceptance and love of others. Can I get an amen? Amen. Some of you who didn't say amen are probably sitting in a seat that you're not familiar with and you're just mad at me because we switched the seats up today. But we got to shake it up. We got to keep you guessing. Maybe you're, meet, maybe, maybe you're meeting someone for the first time that you didn't even know went to Creekside Church. How, how about that? Uh, can we let those in-house know, those who are watching online, that we love them, that we're with them? Hey, yeah. Renee, I see you. I know you're watching. Uh, I think uh, Chris Kyle. Is Chris watching today? My man, Chris. He just got through Airman Christopher Kyle, right? He went through boot camp and now he's stationed and I think he's starting his school. Chris, we, we love you, we miss you. Uh, who else is there? Renee and G, uh, Barb and Clem, they're watching online too. Uh, and listen, if you're going, hey, he never calls out my name online, it's because you're not, co- I only see who comments on this little device. So you gotta say something, Uh To to be acknowledged, Tony Peacock, Pat P, uh, I think Mac Mac and Chief, no, Mr. Mac, he's here today in person. So uh, who else is there? Mary Silva, I'm assuming Ed and Mads are also watching. Hannah's watching. Pam Gile's watching. There are a number of people watching online. If you're watching online, throw up an emoji and let us know that you're with us and that you're here as well. Uh, it's a blessing to have all of you with us online and in-house worshiping with us today. Uh, how many of you are ready for some church today? I know I am. Uh, also, I want to say thank you, Pastor Jesse. Didn't he do a fantastic job over the last couple of weeks? Thank you, my friend. Uh, I, I'm ready for some church, and it, this, this message was interesting in preparing it because uh, if you're like me, you really can't sleep at night, and I end up on my iPad, you know, two in the morning, and I, I don't necessarily play games, although... I've done that. Uh, but I, I typically read these weird uh, BuzzFeed articles. Anybody familiar with Buzz, BuzzFeed? Uh, yeah, I don't know. It's a thing. But, uh, I, and and the, one of these I came across earlier this week, they were asking this question, uh, why did you stop going to church? People are revealing why they never go to, ch- or why, ne- why they will never go to church again. And I, I, there was like twenty of them. And after reading all of these, I, I thought, man, our our world is is hurting. But uh, I want to share a few with you this morning. Can I do that? Yeah, so one of one of the persons uh, they didn't give names. They were all uh, you know Twitter handles or whatever they're called or, uh, so I don't know their name, so I can't quote them, but this is a Buzzfeed article. You can look it up, go search. Never will I go to church again on Buzzfeed and you can read them for yourself. Uh, but one of them said the pastor, the reason that they'll never go to church again is the pastor that, uh, I deeply admired and respected turned out to, uh, be having multiple affairs and cheating on his wife's, uh, his wife for months, if not years. And prior to her finding out, uh, it just feels like I've been duped and it'll take some time before I'm ready to go back to church. Another one wrote, it's something that my dad and I would do together and then go get breakfast after. We would try new breakfast spots all over uh, the DMV, must have been their area, every Sunday and compare notes on who had the best waffles, who had the best hash browns, and the best hot chocolate. After my dad died, I never wanted to go back without him. I lost a lot of interest in church members too. People kept telling me that it's God's plan, but I was only 13 and I couldn't rationalize or comprehend or understand or even accept that. Another one wrote, my family went twice a week before COVID. The childcare gave me and my husband a chance to relax and connect with other people and God. Come on, parents. amen? Amen. And gave our kids a chance to hear lessons geared toward them and be loved and taken care of by others. But once COVID hit, we stopped going. We tried online service a couple of times, but with two toddlers, it just wasn't really an option. We tried to go back when numbers in our area dropped, but there was all but no physical distancing set up. And about five out of 150 in the whole sanctuary were wearing masks. It didn't feel like a loving way to look out for the fellow man, and we haven't been back since. I I don't really know how to move forward even now that both of us are fully vaccinated. And then the last one nowadays... I think church is mostly a special group of people with similar cultural beliefs, more than an exercise in spirituality, or more of an an exercise in spirituality. I took my family to church for years because that's uh, because that was what I grew up with, and I was familiar with it. But gradually, I realized that as a truly spiritual person, I had outgrown the beliefs of the Methodist Church and I felt hypocritical to be there. My kids uh, didn't even buy into the stories and complained about going. So when my grandfather died, we just stopped going to church, uh, the church that he expected us to be at every Sunday. After reading this, it got me thinking. Thinking about a passage that I, that I uh, was familiar with and that I heard a multiple of people talk about as well when it comes to uh, going to church. And this morning, we're gonna be digging into Psalm chapter 92. Now, for some of you, if you apply what you hear today, I, uh, it, 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 I'm believing that it just might be a life changer for you. If you apply, say Apply. If you apply what you hear today, it just might change your life. And, and that's not an overstatement. I'm not taking some pastoral license. It's something that I'm praying and believing for. Because I think uh, <laughs> if we don't, the cost is too great. I want to kick it off with a story. Many of you know that I've worked at Creekside about, I don't know, 12, 13 years ago. I was on staff here. I was a youth pastor. I was the worship pastor. And um, it it took Kristen and I and our family a little bit of time to actually move into Martinez when I uh, became a full-time staff member at this church. But my wife and I have always had a core value of that. We want to live in the community that we serve in, that we minister in. And there's a reason for that. But while working at Creekside 10 years ago, you know, Creekside, a larger church and kind of a smaller community. Would you guys, you understand what I'm saying? We would see people who would know me. Like when we'd go to Lucky's right up the street or when we'd go to Walmart. It wasn't uh, uncommon to have someone come up to me and say, hey, PG. I go to your church. Wasn't uncommon for me not to know them either. <laughs> hey, you, I'm glad. But I go to your church. Everyone say, go to church. Go to church. It's kind of like saying, I go to a concert. I go to a restaurant. I go to the grocery store. I go to to church. And we all, we all know who people, or we all know people who say, you know, and, and maybe we've said it ourselves, you know what, yeah, I, listen, I go to church when I can, when my schedule allows, right? When in all reality, those people that say, I go to church when I can, haven't really been to church except for Christmas and maybe Easter. Why are we talking about this today? Because I think the pandemic, over the last year and a half, almost two years, it's created new habits. And for some of us, we forgot how to maybe be the church because we were so used to going to church prior to, to the pandemic. Listen, I, I run into people all the time and maybe you have too. But when I, when I do see these uh, people, most, and it's common, will usually ask me this question. Hey, PG, hey, I go to your, will you pray for me? Will you pray for me? You know, and, and the conversation will ensue. You know, I'm really struggling at my job. I don't know what's, you know, I don't know where we're going to get our income. I don't, you know, my, my kids, they're not making the right decision. You know, my marriage is, uh, it's, it's my, my wife's not being who I think she should be or my husband's not being who I think he should be. Will you pray for me? But before I pray, and as I think through those experiences, you know what, I, the question I would really like to ask them If I'm just being completely honest, I wanna ask them, when's the last time they went to church? Because I think the common response would be, oh, and it's happened to me, this is legitimate. Ah, it's been about a year or so. You know, kid sports, school stuff, crazy schedule. It's been about a year or so. Which leads me to believe what they or this person needed to be told wasn't, yeah, sure, I'll pray for you. But maybe what they needed to be told was stop going to church. Stop going to church. It's funny. And uh, some of the staff and I were talking about this during the week, because if you think about it, before I left on vacation, I talked about where is God? Jesse, Pastor Jesse comes in and he talks about inconvenient God. And today I'm talking about stop going to church. So welcome to Creekside. Yeah, that's funny, isn't it? Because what what they needed to hear and what they needed to see, and what I think you and I need to really understand, is that God's highest calling for us, God's highest calling for you as a follower of Christ, was never to go to church, it was never to go to a building. God's highest calling for you and I as followers of Jesus was to become more like Christ, to be shaped and formed in, in, in his image, to, be, to become spiritually strong, to, to impact others, to make a difference in this world, to love those around you, and, and to be the light and the hope of, dealers of this dark world in our community thank you it was never to go to church but maybe maybe instead it's time to change our perspective maybe it's time for us to be planted. Say planted. Planted Planted into the house of God. Planted into the house of the Lord. Now where does this idea come from? I'm glad you asked that question because I think I have a, a pretty good answer. It comes out of Psalm 92 verse 12 and it says this. The righteous will what? Say it with me. Like a palm tree, they will grow like a cedar of Lebanon. Planted in the house of the Lord, they will flourish in the courts of our God. I love that imagery. The righteous will what? Say it with me. Flourish. Now, I don't know anyone who really uses that language today or that word flourish today. For those who work at uh, Martinez Refinery, go ahead and try and use that one while you're working. Boy, hey, man, aren't we really flourishing today? And see what kind of looks you get. It's not a word we typically use, is it? But it's a great image of what happens when you are planted, when you are planted. Planted. What does flourishing mean? Flourishing means that you're growing spiritually. It means that you are strong in your walk and relationship with Christ. You are growing in your faith. It literally literally, when you are planted, you are succeeding, you are growing, you are thriving. Then the psalmist compares it to two trees. We see it right there. Cedar. (laughs) Palm tree. We got to get it in quick or it's going to (laughs) disappear. Like a palm tree and like a cedar. Now, cedar trees. I don't know. know, I'm not an arborist, but you know... Thank God for Google. Cedar trees are, are were known back even in biblical times for its durability, its attractiveness, uh, its pleasant aroma. They smelled good. For example, when Solomon built the temple, he built the beams and the columns and the roof out of cedar because it was designed to last for centuries. And when we're being compared or when... when and, the, the psalmist, he's comparing us or comparing flourishing to being like a cedar tree that is durable and strong and lasting. And the other tree, like a palm tree. We're all familiar with palm trees. We see them everywhere. I mean, the, the, the palm branch itself was always used as a symbolic uh, gesture of triumph and victory. I mean, we're, we're in a season of the Olympics right now. But do you know that back in the day, Romans awarded Olympic champions with what? Palm branches. It's victory. Even Jesus, when he entered Jerusalem, which was known as the, what, triumphal entry. People did what with the palm branches? They waved them. The righteous will flourish. I also think it's interesting that both of those trees are evergreens. And if you know anything about evergreens, they, you know, they're always thriving year-round. Producing life year-round. Evergreens flourish. Again, going back to Psalm 92, it says, The righteous will do what? Flourish like a palm tree, they will grow like cedar of Lebanon. Who will flourish? It's those, those, say it with me, those who are planted in the house of the Lord, they will flourish in the courts of our God. What it doesn't say is that those who are flourish or those who uh, uh, the, <laughs> it doesn't say those who are going to church. but those who are planted in the house of the Lord. Verse 14 says they will still bear fruit in old age. They will stay fresh and green, proclaiming the Lord is upright and he is my rock. Those who are planted in the house of the Lord are flourishing, thriving, fulfilled, connected, emotionally engaged, growing in their faith and making a difference in the world around them, not those who just go to church. Unfortunately, many of you don't experience these type of good things. Many wouldn't use these type of words. Instead of saying, I'm spiritually flourishing, most of us would probably say, you know what? I'm spiritually dry. If I'm being honest. Most of us wouldn't say, I'm thriving emotionally. Some of us would say, I'm emotionally withering and dying on the vine. I don't think most of us would say, man, I am, you know, relationally connected. No, most of us would say I'm relationally disconnected. And because of some of the crazy people, I'm relationally depleted. How many of you are saying, man, I am thriving and prospering financially? No, most of us are going, no, I'm financially stressed. Or I'm fulfilled spiritually and I'm full of joy. No, I think the reality is a lot of us are searching for hope, hoping for, reaching for something that actually matters in our life. You may even be here today watching online saying that, yeah, I go to church, but I'm not flourishing. What we have to understand, what we need to know, what we have to recognize is this, that our life is a seed. Our life is a seed. And what does that mean? It means that seeds, if you know anything about planting a seed, that seed has potential. Seeds have potential to grow. Seeds have Potential to multiply. Seeds have potentials, uh, potential to thrive, to produce fruit. And, and seeds have a potential of, of being a blessing to others. But a seed that is not planted has the potential of being barren, lying dormant, being unfruitful, unproductive. Our life is a seed. Our life is a seed. Allow me to share with you a couple of principles about planting and the seed. Can I do that today? The first thing is this, what do we know about a seed? What do we know about a seed? A seed can only grow if it's planted. A seed can only grow if it's planted. Those who are planted in the house of God will flourish. Jesus tells a powerful story about a farmer sower. Most of us are familiar with it. Matthew 13, what did the sower do? He threw seed on uh, multiple uh, why am I, the words escaping me. Surfaces, thank you. And the sower in Matthew 13, he threw seed on the hard path and the, the seed couldn't take root and the birds came and stole the seed. And what happened is the seed never reached its full potential. Then some seed he threw fell on shallow soil. The roots couldn't go deep. And the sun beat down, and they were withered up, and they died immediately. And, 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 begin, uh, and some began to grow, and then other plants and thorns would choke out the life of the little emerging plant. See, Jesus equated this, he equated it to the worries and the concerns of our life. I mean, can you see the metaphor? Some people, they have potential, but they never go anywhere. Some start to grow, but then they fade away. And some start to thrive spiritually, but the worries, the anxiety, and the concerns, and the struggles, and the trials of this life choke out spiritual growth. But then Jesus says that the seed that falls on good soil, say good soil, what happens to the seed that falls on good soil? It multiplies. It multiplies. 100 times over. 100 times over. With that one seed comes a huge blessing because it was planted in good soil. Planted. Who is it that flourishes? Those who are planted in the house Of the Lord. The second thing I hope that we will all understand is that going to church isn't the same as being planted. Going to church is not the same as being planted. There's a real difference, and you can even hear it in the language. For example, going. Yeah, we go to church when we can. When it's convenient, when it works with our or my schedule, or when the Super Bowl isn't on. (laughs) Just real quick survey for my own entertainment. Rams, raise your hand. Bengals, raise your hand. Wow. Interesting. And those who don't care. Yeah. (laughs) So... Those who don't care and those who are for the Bengals are kind of the same and they might be the same people. I don't know. (laughs) Going to church is not the same as being planted. We go to church when we can. It's when it's convenient. When I'm not tired, when the game's on, or there's nothing better to do. Or we'll, you know, we'll watch online. You know, it's yeah, it's nine o'clock. It'll be too hard to get the family ready to get there. We'll watch online. I'll address that in a second. But when you're planted, the language changes. We talk differently, we think differently. When you're planted, you never say, Hey, you think we should go to church today? No, it's a given. You're going. And you rarely hear this question Hey, are we going to church today? (laughs) No, we're going because we're planted. Because we understand and you know that God's church isn't a part of our lives. It is our life. It's not something you attend. It's who you are. I mean, the Willis family, even while we were dating, even before we were dating, when we were single, before we even liked each other, We always went to church. No question. I know it may be shocking to some, but we actually planned before I was in ministry, and I was just a church goer. And when we ended up getting married, we planned our vacation and our personal time around church. It was our priority. And everything else took a back seat. I don't know if that's the culture today. And if there's ever a time in our history where our world needs the church to be the church, it's today. It's just who we were as a family. We never questioned if we were going to church or not. It's who we are. It's been that way from jump. Even my daughter, she makes it a priority to be here. And I bet you she lives farther than most of us sitting in this room. She travels about 45 minutes to get to church. Because it's a priority. It's who we are. It's who she is. I mean, hey kids, do you want to go eat today? said no one ever. (laughs) Or, you know, I think I'll give up breathing today. You just don't do that. Church is not a place to go, it's not a destination, it's not a building, it's people. It's people. Even the Greek word translated as church has great meaning ekklesia you know what that means it's a fancy greek word that means the assembly or the gathering if you listen to you know uh, church podcasts online or you do church online which i got some friends that do church online. That's fine. And I know some of you watching online today, you are physically unable to make it, or you have genuine concerns over, over health issues. I get that. I'm with you. That's fine. But some of us are watching online out of convenience, out of convenience. Let's be real for a second. How many of us have watched church online, but at the same time, we're checking our Facebook post, our Instagram feed, we're texting somebody, we're reading email, or maybe we have how, I mean, there are certain things that God only does in the context of gathering with other people who have the heart and mind of Christ that you don't get. I mean, if we're being real, how many of you who have watched online actually crank up the volume, stand up and worship God? Or is Sunday service just background noise while you take care of some house chores? There's only certain, listen, God does certain things only in the context of us gathering with one another. Hey guys, if you're, I'm not condemning you watching online. I think it's great you're with us. I wish you can be here in person, but for most, I totally understand why you can't. My encouragement, my challenge to those of you who are watching out of convenience, please engage your heart. Engage your mind and pursue Christ. Christ. You can do it from your home. But my dream and my goal and my prayer is that at some point in the near future, we can all gather again in person and watch what God does. Just to clarify, because I know I say too much and mean so little. I'm not condemning watching online. I think it's fine if that is our only means of doing it. But I think... that there are certain things that happen and watching online out of convenience is not the same as being planted in the house of the Lord. It's the gathering, it's the assembling, being together. The word ekklesia, ek means uh, out and ecclesia. It, it's kind of, it's the word that, you know, It comes from the word uh, kaleo, which means called. We are literally called the called out ones. In other words, we gather together to be unified, to honor our God. We gather together to hear the word of God and to use our gifts. But as we are strengthened, it's not what happens inside the church, it's what we are. uh, It's that we are the church and we go into the world. When we are planted, we are not spiritual consumers because the church does not exist for us. And as followers of Christ, we realize that we are the church and we exist for the world. World, We are spiritual contributors. There's a massive difference between going to a building and being plugged in to a movement, a calling, uh, a mission when, being, uh, when you're planted in the house of the Lord. Some go to church. Get this, some go to church and then, you know, they experience God's presence and, and their life has changed. And a few years later, those who go to church, what happens? They become less involved over time. Their schedule chokes out their commitment to being a part of the gathering. Uh, they only start showing up on Easter and Christmas. And, and then what happens? They become spiritually shaky. Where did God go? God didn't go anywhere. You did. You know, they may still believe in God years down the road, but they're not experiencing the joy and the victory and the the passion and, and that undeniable peace. And they're not experiencing purpose in their life. You know, their marriage is going flat. They're spiritually vulnerable and they're struggling financially. What happened? I mean I go to church but then there are those who are planted and they experience God's presence and their life is changed it's like those who go to church but then a few years later those who are planted what, what happens to them they're still growing strong they're still connected they're still experiencing this blessing in life although life isn't perfect There's a huge difference. Relationships are rich. They're making a difference in their, in their world and, and they're fulfilled. And they're experiencing this joy and, and purpose in their life. They are flourishing. There's a huge difference between going to church and being planted in the house of the Lord. So what happens when you're planted? Two things. Real quick, your roots go deep. When you're planted, your roots grow deep. Jeremiah 17, 8 says they are like trees, what? Planted along the riverbank with roots that reach deep into the water. Such trees are not bothered by the heat or worried by long months of drought. How many of you would say that you're going through some heat right now? Maybe uh, rhetorical, you don't have to raise your hand. How many of you would say that, yeah, I'm going through a drought in my life right now? I've been there. I've done it. I, I've you know I've been through some some heat, but when you're planted, your roots grow deep and you're not bothered by the heat. You're not bothered by the drought. Why? Because you are connected to the source that is greater than any problem you will ever face on this surface. Why? Because your roots go deep. For many years, my wife and I would take a, a week vacation, if not longer, if I can swing it, uh, where my grandmother was. She would go up to a, a town called Klamath, California. Anybody familiar with Klamath, California? And all around Klamath, California, you, you get these huge redwood trees. I think it's the Redwood National Park. And, and, and these trees are some of the largest living things on this planet. as 30-story buildings. Three stories in width. But you know what's interesting about these tall trees? They have a lateral root system. They reach out about 100 to 150 feet down and across from the trunk. Roots, in order to remain standing together, they intertwine between trees. Literally holding each other up. Each tree needs the other tree to survive and thrive. This is what we need in this place. This is what we need at Creekside Church. We need each other. And I promise you, this week, you will face opposition. You will face trials. You will face doubts. You will face struggles. You will even face crazy people. (laughs) If you face those alone, you are even more vulnerable The only one who wants you to believe that you don't need church is our enemy, the devil. And his goal is to isolate you because when he can get you alone, he he knows he can do some damage. But we need the gathering of God's family. I need you and you need me. The person you're sitting next to, whether you know them or not, you need them and they need you. Your roots grow deep. The second thing that happens when you are planted is your roots will produce fruit. Again, Jeremiah 17, 8. With roots that reach deep into the water, such trees are not bothered by the heat or worried by long months of drought. Their leaves stay green and they never stop producing fruit. What kind of fruit? I think the Apostle Paul talked about this in the fifth chapter of the book of Galatians. And if you're familiar with it, it's called the fruit of the spirit. It's something that we produce. It's a, it's a spiritual byproduct that only comes from God and when when we are connected to the spiritual vine of our heavenly father Paul said the fruit that will be produced would be love joy peace patience kindness goodness gentleness faithfulness self-control not control of others self-control When you are planted, all of these good things come out. Even when you're in a difficult time, even when you're feeling the heat, even when you're in a drought or a fiery trial, you will not be bothered, you will not be shaken, you will not be rattled, you will still be producing fruit. And please understand this this fruit is not just for you. I am so kind to myself. Listen, love overflows, joy spreads, peace is attractive, kindness blesses, faithfulness strengthens relationships. This is just not for us. And and I want us all to discover the thrill of being used by God because when you do, it gets you hooked. It gets you hooked and you want more. It's about, what is our statement? Loving God and serving others. Does that sound familiar? It's about others. It's not about us. As the worship team comes up, when you, when, when you understand this and when you get hooked and, and you understand it's about loving God and, and serving others, then you recognize that you, you're not just saved from your sins. You are saved for the glory of God. You're not saved from your past mistakes. You're saved for The glory of God. Now, some of you, and I know it's a fair question, you're asking, well, PG, I've been here for, I don't know, five or six years, and I just don't know how to get planted here at Creekside. Maybe some of you are newer, and you're wondering, how do I really get my roots deep here at Creekside? Let me just rattle off a couple that may be familiar with you, or maybe it may shock some of you that we have this going on. Uh, Creekside Connect—it's coming up. Get to know the staff and the leadership. Ask some questions. Get to know a little bit more about Creekside. How about Creekside groups? Haven't we started a sign-up uh, today for uh, a lot of different groups that you get you can connect with and get to know people and 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 uh, for a lack of a better here's a cheesy way of uh, Christianese way of saying, do life together. Uh, and maybe get to know someone that and, and you, every time you get involved in a, uh, a Creekside small group you're, 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 you're a, or growth group or whatever you want to call it, Mary, uh, you, you, uh, your roots go deep. And those of us who are feeling disconnected, you won't feel disconnected anymore because God's using that group as a catalyst to, to strengthen your faith and to give you hope and to help you navigate the difficulties and the trials of life. Creekside Connect, Creekside Groups, Growth Track. How about this? Serve. Serve in some capacity. We have a nursery of amazing gifts from God who need to be held and loved and nurtured. There are a few that probably shouldn't hold babies, but most of us can hold babies our children's ministry, our students' ministry, the worship team. By the way, Carissa, this is her first Sunday with us. Her roots are deepening every time she steps out in faith to use the gifts God's given her. Maybe you can serve. Maybe you can just show up consistently. Because remember, four months ago when I stepped on the scene, didn't I talk about that your presence matters to the work of God? Your presence matters. Your physical presence matters. It matters because if you're not here doing what God's equipped you to do, then something in God's kingdom is not getting done. Your roots, your roots grow deep. When you're planted, your language evolves, it changes. You don't go to church. You love our church. You love our church. And listen, if you don't feel like, and you're kind of on the fence, you don't feel like you can get planted at Creekside, I will meet with you separately and recommend another church or two for you. Because this is how important it is to me that you get planted in a community of believers, that you get planted in the house of the Lord. I want to challenge all of us to stop going to church and get planted in the house of the Lord. I mean, do you really expect to defeat the powers of darkness going to church once a month? Do you really expect uh, Church Online to uh, defeat the powers of darkness watching by yourself in your pajamas, eating your pancakes? Although I am highly jealous that you're doing that. But do you really de- plant, can you defeat the power of darkness not physically being around people that you're able to be and, and, and being in the midst of, of uh, and planted in the house of the Lord? Do you really expect to, to work through and, and, and plow through and defeat the power of darkness spending more on coffee than you give to the work of the Lord? Or spending more time on Instagram in a day than you do serving at church all month? Now, PG, you're kind of getting all up in here. (laughs) These are questions that I've challenged myself on as well. Because I've tried it, I've tried just to go to church, and it didn't work for me. The reality is, these trees, redwoods, they don't grow overnight. You know what grows overnight? Fungus. <laughs> that crud you find between your toes. <laughs> Nose hair and ear hair grow overnight. I'm just being real. What does, it, what does a seed need to grow and flourish? I'm gonna close with this and um, we're gonna have a time of reflection A seed needs soil. That's your heart. A seed needs light. God's word is a lamp. A seed needs water. Who is the living water? Jesus. Who's the living water? Jesus. A seed needs the right temperature fire of the Holy Spirit burning within us. And a seed needs time. Listen, don't sit here and say, Well, I'll eventually get around to planting a tree. Today is the time that you plant this seed. So I'm going to invite you to stand with me, and I want to challenge you. Ask God, God, am I rooted? Do you have me planted here? And listen to what he reveals to you. Maybe some of you are planted and rooted here, but you've been feeling a little disconnected. Maybe it's time for you to jump into a Creekside group or uh, to serve in some capacity to get a little bit more involved than you are. Why am I talking about this? Because I don't want you to miss what only God can do when you set yourself aside for his purpose and his glory. stop going, be planted, planted in the house of the Lord. And I want all of us individually and collectively to flourish and watch what God does. Amen. Amen. This is your time with God. Spend it wisely as we worship. What?